Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome back for another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I am your host and your hair mentor, Crystal Green. What's up? I have a guest from all the way around the world today that I'm super excited to have come on and share her story with us. Um, I follow this girl, Anna, on social media. And I don't even know how, you know how social media works. It was like, maybe she was suggested to me or I saw her tagged in something. I honestly don't know how I found her, but I found myself this one day completely entrenched in her stories. So she lives in Australia and she was invited to the behind the chair um, award ceremony that they had, which is in the US. And she had this like crazy dramatic thing happen as she was trying to leave the country and she's like a mom with young kids and there were struggle there was strife um it was wild to watch and she shared so much it was like hilarious I just felt like I was along the ride for her or with her rather and so I reached out to her and I was like listen will you come on the show and just share your experience like what it takes to get there because I feel like there's a lesson in there and the lesson to me is like sometimes you have to do hard shit to get where you want to be and you know her and I talked outside of the podcast recording about this. And she's got some really, really cool stuff in the works that would not have happened if she did not take the risk and put herself out there to go to the BTC show. So, you know, like if you do the work, 
things are going to happen for you, I guess is the lesson here, right? Um, So anyway, I just, I find it really fascinating, intriguing, and inspiring to hear everything that went down with her story. And I will not tell her story for her because that is not my zone of genius, right? I'm here to share other people's stories for them. And so I hope you enjoy this story. You're going to love her. Um, She's super fun and of course has a brilliantly cute accent, uh, which you'll learn more about in a minute here. So let me just go ahead and introduce you to Anna from Australia. Well, I am so excited that you're here today to share a story with me on the podcast. And I am curious to hear a little bit more about you as a stylist behind the chair and then what you're doing in your digital space. But first and foremost, can you give me a proper introduction? Because honestly, I don't know if I pronounce your name Anna or Anna. <laughs> I get that all the time. And it's, it's so funny. It's Anna. I would say, yeah, I say Anna. In Sweden, where I'm from, we obviously say Anna, but I wouldn't expect anyone to say that. That feels weird to me. Then it feels like I'm in Elsa and Frozen. (laughs) But I got that so much. I got that from everyone in the States when I was there. It's like, is it, we don't want to offend you. Is it Anna? I'm like, no, please don't. (laughs) That's weird. So no, it's Anna. Okay. Welcome, Anna. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. And although I'm really curious to hear about this crazy story that you had getting yourself to the BTC show, right? Um, I want to hear a little bit about you first as a stylist and as a person. And then I guess I'm curious at this point, like, how did you end up in Australia? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So (laughs) that's also a story on its own. Uh, so my name's Anna Haldane, and I have been doing hair for 20 plus years. I started real early, obviously, when I was just six years old. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Like, let's Me not too. do any math, please. Yeah. Um, so I came to Australia in 2007 for a, basically a bit of a holiday and met the man of my dreams. I was just going to be here for a short period of time, like just a year and met my now husband and um yeah and it was a no-brainer when we sort of met each other that where are we going to live together he's like oh we can move to sweden i'm like no there are palm trees here there are beaches it's snow in sweden we cannot live there so yeah so i did the journey over to australia and now we have two boys nine and six years old we have a business and i work for myself I ran a salon for eight years over here, but I closed it when COVID hit. Um, It was just simply too hard over here with um, restrictions and so on. So I'm renting a chair at a beautiful space and got some exciting plans coming up ahead. But yeah, that's very, very shortly, (laughs) But, but that's pretty much it. So you were from Sweden and you were vacationing in Australia. Yeah. How did you meet your husband? So I met him through friends here at one of the sleaziest bars, <laughs> one of those university bars, <laughs> literally. At, uh, it's a, there's a big university here called ECU. And anyone who's in Australia who's listening to this, if you are, you know what I mean, because these bars are like the tackiest of the of the tackiest. But it was just one of those moments. And I... I always tell this story to my clients when they ask me. It was literally love at first sight. I have never experienced anything like that ever. It was so meant to be. It was a moment of, um, 
Yeah, it was it was insane. It was a moment of just looking at each other like, oh, hi, who are you? And my that. family later on just said to me like, Anna, what are you doing with this man? He looks like a serial killer. And I'm like, thanks. That's great. He's going to hate me for saying that. But my husband looks like a bikey. <laughs> he's nothing like I've ever fallen for before. So, yeah, but he's the love of my life. Oh, my so, God, that's so awesome. So yeah. when you came to Australia, you were obviously doing hair ahead of time, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so you decided to stay. And then what is the reciprocity or like licensing like moving to Australia then? So that's, that was different back when I came. Uh, they made it an absolute nightmare. Today, there are basically, as far as I'm aware, no restrictions. So it's gone from the extreme to the extreme. So when I first came, they recognized none of my um, like education, none of my paperwork, nothing. Um, I had a salon in Sweden together with my sister and had been working for many years already, and they had they didn't have any of it. So uh, I had to go through basically <laughs> all the education again, not all of it, but I had to prove to them that I could do a basic haircut. I had to roll a little lady's perm. I had to do a tint. I had to do some basic highlight. I think I did highlights in a cap. Oh my God. You know, uh, and it was like at one of these beauty centers where there were a couple of ladies who were standing over me and just judged my work and then I had to sit and do a test in writing can't remember properly but it's such a long time ago but the main thing was that it cost a lot of money that's what they were after so I think it cost me six and a half thousand dollars altogether oh something like that gosh so you it were was committed. crazy yeah yeah, yeah, very committed because I'm like this is all I know how to do I don't want to do anything else like I uh, and but yeah, and my husband is obviously he was very supportive, so he helped me through the whole thing. But and then in 2014, they scrapped this entire thing for people coming in. And nowadays, you don't even have to have a license to operate as a hairdresser. So there is huge issues in our industry here. Um, oh. But obviously, you need to be able to prove somehow that you have previously been licensed or something to be able to go to the trade um wholesalers and to have an account and so on but there's so many ways around that too there's people getting around that all the time so there's a million little home salons um yeah no it's it's an issue over here that's for sure well that's really interesting because i know the topic of deregulation has been quite popular mm -hmm. here in the u.s lately and so is that really? more or less what happened in australia was like deregulation yeah. of yeah okay yeah Gosh. And it's shocking. It just it's so dangerous for the for the industry. Like the amount of botched jobs that I see all the time. And people charge through the roof for these jobs too. And then they just simply don't care if the clients come back. It's just this in, out, in, out, and with no proper education whatsoever. So it's it's bad. It's wow. almost like I want the regulation board to come back, but uh but that didn't work really well either. So yeah, no, there's, it's a flaw in the system. Absolutely. So I hope you guys don't get that there. It's yeah. You know, dangerous. I'm, I guess I'm kind of confused on the whole topic. Like I, I see a little bit from both sides and I've had conversations kind of off the record with people that are very strong, 
uh, minded on both sides. And I'm like, I guess I could see both, but at the same time, like it does seem kind of dangerous for the end user and the consumer with chemicals on people's heads and no regulations on anything, you know? Mm. Yeah. I know it's, it's really dangerous. Okay. So you went through the, the ringer to get uh, yeah. licensed there. And do you feel like now there's like hairstylists that are like, I was licensed before it was taken away. Like, is there a little bit of a badge of honor with that kind of stuff in Australia? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. I can't help but have that myself too. It's almost like I have this old little certificate in paper that is like frailed on the sides and a little bit broken. And I still have that somewhere and just take it out now and then like, yeah. Yeah, I was there. I did that. <laughs> yeah, you guys don't do that anymore. I have this. But yeah, no, it's definitely that. And I can, um, which is sad too, because, you know, there are a lot of upcoming young stylists here who are super dedicated. And obviously they don't want to, they almost have to prove themselves more, mm -hmm. um, which perhaps is a good thing of its own. And maybe it will create better stylists out of it. I don't know. But yeah, no, it's definitely... Yeah, I think so. There's there's a stigma yeah. these days in the industry over here that it, that didn't used to exist. Fascinating. Okay, so mm. you got licensed, you met your husband, you were starting your new dream life there. Did you start out working in a salon, like renting a chair or as a commission mm. stylist? Tell me about that journey for you. No, so we don't actually have commission stylists here. That's a very, that's that was something that I was confused about how it actually worked when I first heard it. So we don't do that here. Um, we actually only started, I think WA, so Western Australia, where I'm at, it's very different. We have like on the other side of Australia, they have different rules and different laws, kind of like you, you have with all of your different states. So over on the opposite side, they did, uh, booth renting and chair renting, uh, much, much earlier than what we had here. I don't think that it was legal in Western Australia until 2014. Whoa. Um, so that's when I started my first salon here and I did it as a rent a chair salon for stylists to come and rent from me. Before that, I worked at uh, two different salons. Uh, I was managing a big salon before I opened mine. So it was just a basic um, employee. Um, the first one that I was at was an Aveda. No, the second one was Aveda. Mm -hmm. So that's where I came from. Aveda and O&M, which is an Australian brand. I uh, love O&M. Yes, I oh, love O&M is color. so good. Yeah, Do you use I their love color them. Still? They're so good. I don't anymore. I work with because uh, I work when I opened my salon. I worked with them for a bit, but then I started working with Redken. Um, and then after a few years, I actually moved over to Daviness. So Daviness is the ones that I work with now, which I love. Love, One of love, my love. But favorite if... lighteners is from Daviness. Oh, the Progress Lightener is mm. Chef's Kiss. <laughs> you, you, yes, absolutely. It can do no wrong. Like mm -hmm. it's so, it's so beautiful to work with. I, I'm trying to push that on to everyone. I'm like, please, you guys, hear me out. It's you so can true. lift from a one to a ten safely. I swear to you, I do it daily. Yes. So yes. it's beautiful. I love them. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Okay. Well, um, wonderful. I love to know that you love some of the same products I do. Uh, yes. okay. So where are you these days? Are you salon owner these days now or? No, so I closed the doors to my salon, um, 
Oh, that's right. So you said I in the pandemic. Was, yeah. Yeah. So 2021, November 2021, uh, at the end of my lease term, I just decided to not renew. It was simply too hard. We had had too many lockdowns, too many. I mean, you guys went through, we all went through the same. And I just yeah. was at a moment when I'm like, I can keep on fighting and keep on going. But I was just done. I felt beat. So I went out and rented a chair. Mm-hmm. So that's where I am. I'm at a beautiful salon, very local, uh, very central in the in the city. Um, like just in the little bit of the outskirts, it's beautiful. So I'm very happy doing that for now. And uh, but we'll see what the future holds. I think there are some other stuff coming up. So we'll see. I love that. Yes. Mm. There's something fun about going from like an ownership role to then stepping back into like the simplicity of just showing up to work and paying your booth rent, right? Honestly, it's the best ever. Just little things for me. It was just not have to worry about washing towels, not worry about when is the next, when is the basin going to break again? (laughs) You know, just getting the phone calls from the salon, like the stereo isn't turning on. We have one of the basins is plugged again, or all of those, the tiny things that just cost so much money in the long run. Someone leaving the aircon on all weekend at the salon, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, someone else's problem these days. Now I'm the one who can tell people, like, I'm sorry, but the basin isn't working. <laughs> yeah. Know? And yeah, not worry about electricity and overheads, and it's so easy. Just come and go. Mm. I do miss it though. There is a, I, I think that there is a, I do have a love of having my own space and having like the pride and having your own space and all of that. But as for now, it's been bliss for the past couple of years to not have to worry. Right. Well, and it's obviously afforded you time to think about other things like working for <laughs> another team online and entering yeah. in the BTC awards and all of that fun stuff, yes. right? Yeah. Because that takes up a lot of time. I When people ask me, like, how much time do you actually put into your social media? I'm like, man, it's a full-time job. It's a freaking full-time job. It's just creating the content and uploading and engaging and watching it grow. And it's just, yeah, it's a full-time job. So that gave me a lot of time to focus on that too. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we chatted a little bit before this recording, but you are currently, how do you, uh, what's your title with masters of balayage? Are you like an ambassador or what's the the label that you have with them? So so I'm an educator for masters of balayage. I was uh, contracted two years ago in October, I think. Gosh, that went quick. (laughs) Scary. Mm -hmm. Two years ago in October. And the funny thing was that I actually applied to be an ambassador with them. That's That was all that I thought that I could be because I'm like, no one knows who I am over here in Australia. And I'd been following them and, you know, I was absolutely in awe of what they did. And I'm like, oh, just to be an ambassador would be such a dream. And then um, that application came back and they said, we would like for you to take the next step and go and into the auditions to be an educator. And I didn't even know that they did international. And at that point they didn't. So it was the first year that they um, spread their wings to spread across the globe. So I got to do 
uh, yeah, a video of me showcasing how I educate and the style that I have and so on. And they welcomed me into their family. And it was one of the most incredible moments of my career. So it was me and I think, was it three more international educators at that point that was that were chosen? So the idea is to bring mob into Australia, but it is a little bit tricky with Australian regulations and the fact that we are literally on the other side of the world. Yes. Like we are so far away from everything that and I realized that when I now went to the States. Um, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I knew that I was far away, but this far away? I didn't I didn't realize when you watch that little aeroplane on the map on the flight and it's like, yeah, I flew from there to there. Yes. So, uh, uh, so yeah, no, so that's still in the process. Um, but yeah. Okay. So masters of balayage doing great, loving it. Do you do color education for them? Haircut education, all of the above. Okay. So So no cutting, no cutting. Okay. So just coloring. You know, I'm like, we no all have, for me. <laughs> yeah, we all have our strengths. It's okay. I'm not judging. Yes. <laughs> no, that's good. I'm like, yeah, it was funny because this year for BTC, the the um the top 25 that I that I received, I joked with the girls when I was there, um, was for long cut this year. And I joked and I'm like, yeah, that's funny because I barely cut her hair. It was literally a dream. I'm like, I took that much off, but it looks nice in the picture. I'm like, I don't want to win this. I can't, I can't accept this if I win this. Right. Oh it's my God. That's so funny. I'm like, oh, this is such a cheat. <laughs> but yeah. <no. laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I was very happy when I received that, but I'm like, gosh, the other girls and the other boys actually made an effort into their haircuts. You know what, though? I mean, doesn't that, that says so much about each individual and like our own imposter syndrome that we have, right? Like, oh, yeah. I'm sure you have some skill set that has elevated you to some degree and able to cut hair, right? Like, maybe that's not your strongest suit, but you're obviously good enough to be in the BTC awards. And so it's so easy to like, say, oh, I'm not that good at that. But clearly, girlfriend, I I right? We all we all do that. I mean, yeah. we all do. And of course, I know how to cut hair, but it's just not, I look at all of the amazing artists out there now with the shags and the all of the fancy new words for all the haircuts. And I'm like, yeah, that that's fantastic. <laughs> good for you guys. <laughs> I'm like, it's long layers for me and the trim. That's, yeah. what, that's what you get. So... But yeah, no, imposter syndrome is real in this industry for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, any artist, right? We're always like, you know, Mm. bagging on ourselves. But um, I'm really curious Mm. to hear your thoughts now that we're talking about this, about the names of the hair trends that come through, like the, you know, iced mocha latte blonde. And now it's the cowboy copper and the butterfly haircut. Mm. I personally enjoy them because I feel like it just brings a sense of like excitement for the clients and then they come in asking for these things and then I have to do some detective work to figure out what that is, right? Yeah, that too. Okay. <laughs> that too. But I know there's like a huge pushback in our industry for stylists that are like, can we just stop with the cutesy names? I, I personally like them. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. I personally like them too, yes. but it's such a controversial thing. So it's like, I actually... I know um, because it's almost scary when you when you go online certain days and it's almost like aggression from people and then you don't want to take a side. Um, 
I don't mind them at all. I think that, just like you said, I think it brings excitement and something fresh. And like, yeah, of course, it might have been around for donkey's years. Like, who cares? <laughs> Do we really want to have the same old, like, stale terminology no it makes something it brings fresh air i think so it's and for clients too instead of why should we just say like oh we're just gonna do long layers today no let's do a butterfly cut and then the client is gonna be like oh yes let's do that you know exactly it's cowboy copper i i'm sorry i love that <laughs> it's, i absolutely love that and especially when i looked into where well I, I i think that's where it comes from at least there was someone who made the point of you know, just with the cowboy look, you know, with the different shades of leather brown and leather copper and all of that. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Totally. That's fun. Mm -hmm. I don't mind that. I think that's absolutely amazing. Now, I haven't done a cowboy copper on my own Instagram yet, just because it's been so controversial. And I'm like, oh, man, should I? Should I not? But I think I might. Mm -hmm. I think I will. I think you should. I think we have. I'm here for it. I'm just saying. So. Yeah. Yeah, good. Good. It's done. I'm going to have to, someone right. out there, come into my chair and we'll do a cowboy copper. Perfect. <laughs> and the haters right. can hate. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. let them let them feel their feelings. And I have mine and that's fine. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're all different. And exactly. it's fine. Yes. It's okay. Yes. Awesome. We can't okay. stop the trends. So I want to get to this juicy story that brought me to you, right? But I first mm. want to, I want to ask you, like, how did you get involved in uh, BTC? Was this like the first year that you were submitting photos and you got in the, you know, top ranks or was it kind of a long process for you? Can you walk me through that a little bit? Yeah. So this was my third year entering and the first year I got a top 100 in Balayage. And last year, I can't remember how, I think I got two or three, not two, three top 100s. I can't remember, but I got two uh, nomination, uh, finalist nominations last year. Um, so I got one brunette and one Bob Lob last year. And then this year I got five top 100s and I got the one top 25. And so it's been a dream of mine to go to the show, but it's just been, you know, I'm at the end of the world. So, but well, that's been my journey. And you have kids. I have kids. Mm -hmm. I got two kids who need me full time <laughs> and whom I've never left before. So it was, yeah. So that too, and a business and, you know, it costs a lot of money to fly to the States. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I recently discovered so uh, uh, so yeah no, so that's been my journey with them and then just um, I with Mary uh, from behind the chair I also had the privilege of speaking to her two years ago on Clubhouse um, because she had discovered my page and started following me and uh, she invited me to speak to her on Clubhouse to give me some tips and ideas about how to improve my page and so on. So that really took took it to the next level. And um, so, yeah, no, it's been three years in the making to okay. get to this show. Yeah. So then you're like, OK, I finally made it in like top 25. So I'm going to make the trek and I'm going to go to the BTC show and tell me 
like I know some some details about what happened, but walk us through the story of what happened with you because if someone's listening and they don't know, they're going to want to know the whole story here. Yeah. It was a ride, a wild, wild ride. Um, so it started with Mary giving me two VIP tickets to come to the show um, because I won a competition that she'd had on her Threads page when Threads was brand new. Now I feel like everyone's forgotten about it again, but <laughs> it's just totally. disappeared. Um, so she gave me two VIP tickets. And at that point, I was like, oh, my God, that's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. But I was still at the point where I'm like, but I'm not going to be able to go. It's such short notice. It's just a month away. Um, mm. I looked at the ticket prices and I'm like, man, it, it, it's completely no. It's it's a no. And I said to my husband, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that, that was lovely. I'm just going to email them and tell them that, you know, thank you so much, but you're going to have to take these tickets back. And uh, 24 hours later, he pulled me aside and he's like, no, I think you should go. And I'm just like, what? Okay. What do you mean? What do you mean? Go where? He's like, to the to the BTC show. And I'm like, I can't go to the freaking BTC show. It's in four weeks. What are you talking about? I have clients. Edwin has got sports. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, come on. Who's going to take Edwin to sports? And he's like, I am. I'm Aww. like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. We are two parents, aren't we? Right. Um. So I was just all over the place and he was the one he booked me the tickets he booked my accommodation he paid for all of it and I was the entire time through I was constantly saying to everyone I'm like this is going too smoothly everything is going way too smooth and something always goes wrong I don't know if that's mm -hmm. if you feel the same but there is always something that happens did you forget to knock on right? wood you have to knock on wood when yeah. you say stuff like that <sighs> I know. <laughs> and I was constantly like with every new thing that that happened, I was just like, no, but you know, this is not and he even he, you know, he's like, Oh, I think you should buy yourself a new wardrobe. I'm like, who are you? Where like what do you mean? He's like, Oh, but this is this will be the trip of a lifetime. I'm like, Yeah, okay, well and then I started getting um like for the people who follow me, they they realize how how nervous I was about this trip just to begin with because I had never left the boys before. And how old and are your boys at this point? Uh, so they are six and almost nine. Right. So like little, and, little uh, kids. Yeah. 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 Little kids who are used to me being there all the time. Right. And I mean, I'm the one who does the most, um, you know, school drop off and sports because my husband works a lot of shift work. So I'm the one who's like in control. And it was funny because uh, when we were planning for this, I <laughs> I actually got my husband a bit upset at one point because I had messaged him for like four nights in a row to his work. And I'm like, are you sure that you can do this? Are you sure? 100% sure. And he eventually called me and he's like, Anna, sakes, yeah. I'm actually getting a bit offended. Like, you don't think that I can look after our kids? I'm like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I just didn't realize that I'm like, that I was pushing it so hard. Um. But so I was saying the whole time, I'm like, something always goes wrong. And I was really anxious about leaving, but nothing went wrong. And then it comes to the night when I'm about to go. And I was leaving the house at 1 a.m. in the morning. Oof. And my husband was, yeah, my husband was up with me. And I had some wine because, you know, I haven't been flying for a while. And I haven't actually left the country since 2012. 
Uh, I'm not a good flyer as it is. And I normally have to take something, you know, to sleep on the flight. But I'm like, I'm not going to do that this time because I'm all by myself. Who knows what's going to happen, right? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm not going to walk into border security all drugged up. That's right. Um, this is not this is not the day when we're going to end up in lock, in, like in a, in a prison cell in the States. <laughs> so, so I uh, was really nervous to begin with. But I leave the house, say bye-bye to husband. He's like, all right, I'm going to get some sleep. I'm like, okay. He's like, call me before you board the flight. And I'm like, sure. And then I get to the airport and I sit there and then it comes to check-in time at 3.30 in the morning. And I walk up and I'm the only one who does who goes to the international part, which was really lucky um, because I I walk up to this lady and she scans my passport. And then she sort of frowns and she's like, do you have a second passport that you normally fly on? And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's my brand new passport. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, I'm so nervous already at this point. And I'm just like, is everything okay? She's like, yes, yes, everything's fine. Just don't worry. I'm just going to make a phone call. And I'm like, okay. And then I think to myself, because this passport is brand, brand new. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, they haven't canceled the old one. Maybe, you know, they haven't registered this one. I'm like, everything's fine. And I stand there and I'm just waiting for her to sort of whisper on the phone. And then she hangs up the phone and she's like, okay, so your permanent residency is going to expire today. What? And I just stand, yeah, and I just stand there and I'm like, no, N no. No, it's not. I have permanent residency for life. Like, I, I live here. And she's like, mm, your permanent residency will, res will expire today. Just very calm and collected. And I'm just like, just sort of looking around a bit. I'm like, what do you mean? No. And she's like, okay, so there has been a change to your, uh, to the type of visa and the type of permanent residency that you are on. That was apparently made in 2017. And I'm like, uh-huh. Continue, please. Yes. And so she very calmly and collect, uh, like really calmly informs me that Department of Immigration has changed the rules on this particular permanent residency that I'm on so that I have to fill out a particular, like a specific um, form request to be able to leave and come back from and come back to the country. And if I don't, and if I leave without filling this form out and paying money of course mm -hmm. they cancel my residency if i leave the country oh my and gosh. yeah so she is on the phone to the department of immigration because apparently they have a hotline at the airport i was not allowed <laughs> to talk to them <laughs> yeah apparently there's a lot of stuff going down at the airport so that they need their own hotline clearly but i was not allowed to talk to them and i was just like just hand me the phone there's clearly some mis like misunderstanding here and she's like no you know and she's like walking back and i'm like give me the phone and um yeah so i'm just like okay at this point i'm obviously a bit upset um and I am a bit shaking and tears are starting to sort of, I'm just like, I need a moment. I need it. She's like, what would you like to do, ma'am? And I'm like, I don't know. What are you talking about? I don't know what I need to do. I need to call my husband. Mm -hmm. And so 
I walk off and this is the part where it's lucky that I was the only one there because I was able to go back and forth to this uh, to this desk. So I just left my bag there. She's like, would you like to check your bag in? I'm like, no, give me my bag back. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Um, and so at this point, I'm just like, well, that's it. That's the adventure over and I'm just going to have to go home. But first I need to call Gareth because I need to inform him that I'm going to grab an Uber and come home. <laughs> So I call him and he's at home sleeping, obviously, and I'm just blabbing on the phone and I'm like, honey, I'm listen, something has happened, like shit has gone down over here and apparently they're <laughs> going to cancel my visa. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, what, what are you talking about? And I'm literally like this, just shaking like a leaf. And people are looking at me and like, oh my God, is she okay? I'm like, no, I'm not okay. I'm anything but okay. <laughs> and um, I um, just... Yeah, talking 2,000 miles per hour on the phone to my husband. And he's just like, calm calm down, slow down. He's like, what are they telling you? And I'm like, yeah, so apparently I need to fill out this form and I need to pay this money and I need to. And he's like, okay, can I talk to them? And I'm like, no, because we're not allowed to talk to them. He's like, all right. We don't have the hotline. (laughs) Yeah, We don't have that hotline. Because you know how long you have to sit and wait in line to talk to Department of Immigration? It's not that fast. She's literally Mm. just like this. Hi. That would be handy. Um, so, so at this point, uh, he's like, you need to go back and talk to her because obviously there's been some misunderstanding. And so we hang up the phone. I go back and I get confirmation again. Your visa will be expiring today if you leave the country. She's like, but you still have about, what was it at this point? Like eight, six hours, seven hours until you leave Sydney. So you can always fly there. I'm like, yeah, I suppose I could, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> like, like, what am I gonna do? Like, just fly to Sydney and then come back? No. So I call my husband again, and I'm like, "No, that's it. I um, they they've told me now that this is this is final. I mean, obviously, I can't apply from this from my phone, so there's nothing I can do. So I'm coming home." And he's like, "Fuck you are," and I'm like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "You're getting on that fucking plane. You're going." And I'm like, Jesus, I can't go. What do you mean I can't go? Because at this point, I've been informed now that the reality of this is was so severe that by canceling the permanent residency, I would have to stay out of the country for three months. I would have to reapply for my entire original big permanent residency, which at this point probably cost between six to ten thousand dollars. Oh my! I would have to. <laughs> I would have to, and also the um, the approval time period could take up to 24 months. During this time, I would have to be on a bridging visa of which I would have to apply for work rights that would only grant me 20 hours per week. Oh, and I was just standing there and I'm like, I'm like, I live in Australia. I have a business. I have clients. What am I, what am I gonna do for three months? Am I gonna live in Texas for three months? <laughs> like, what am I? <laughs> what am I gonna do in Texas for three months? I'm just like, am I not gonna see my kids? And Gareth was like, you are going to Texas. That's it. I'm like, he's like, you're checking in, you're sending your bag to Texas, and you're going. He's like, we'll sort it out. If shit like hits the fan, he's like, me and the boys will just have to come to Texas. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, okay, 
So I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Oh my God. Apparently I'm doing this and I'm giving my passport to this lady. She scans it and she's like, you're sure? I'm like, no, not at all. Yeah. And then I see my bag disappear and I'm like, this is a huge mistake. And then from there on, I am now sitting in the Perth airport and I have the most, the, the biggest panic attack I've had in my life. I can't even explain. I actually feel a little bit offended that no one no one said anything I'm like people must have noticed I was shaking I was sweating I was crying no one said a word and I'm like this is at an airport that's the place where people dob on each other the most like something is wrong with her you know don't let her on the plane no one (laughs) yeah don't let her on the plane like security guards for the love of god who I might have been a psycho (laughs) So at this point, I um, I managed to buy myself a neck pillow. I can't remember buying this neck pillow, but you I blacked knew. out. <laughs> I blacked out, but I knew that I had to buy myself a neck pillow because I hadn't brought one for home from home because the boys have ruined them. So for some reason, I managed to go to a little shop and buy myself a very comfortable neck pillow. And I I realized this as I'm sitting at the <laughs> in one of the chairs all of a sudden. I'm like, oh. I have a neck pillow. Where did that come from? And I realized that I'm holding the receipt. I'm like, yeah, okay, I bought it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and at this point, at this point, my husband is at home trying to figure out this application. And it turned out that it wasn't just a matter of clicking a few boxes and filling in your information and paying $500. It wasn't just that they needed a marriage certificate, change of name certificate. They needed my old passports. They needed um, my original, no, not the application, my original visa grant from 2011. That's when my uh, permanent residency was approved, 11 or 12. And my husband is messaging me and the Wi-Fi is shocking at this airport. like no reception and he's like you need to send me a copy of your id and i'm like okay trying to send that and the the images are not sending and it was just absolute nightmarish and then he realizes that all of these documents are most likely in our roof space where we have stored them for a gazillion years so he is now up in the roof space which i mean it's 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 not it's not a uh, an addict or not an addict it's a crawl space yes where you know where we store yeah that yeah. is filthy and it's it's you know coming up towards like 5 30 in the morning and he is filthy and he is looking for documents and boxes in the roof space and he's messaging me constantly it's like where's this where's this and my brain is not working i'm like i don't know I had literally been holding my old passports before I left the house. And he's like, you had them. Where are they? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I I don't I don't want to go. I don't want to be here. I want to go home. And then I need to board the flight. And the one document that he can't find at this point is the original visa grant. That was one of the most important ones. So he tells me that you have to um, call Department of Immigration as soon as you land in Sydney and ask them for this information. 
And knowing how long it takes to get a hold of the Department of Immigration, I'm like, yeah, I have just over two and a half hours in Sydney. And I'm like, okay, okay. So that's the first thing I need to do. That's the first thing I need to do. I just focus on that. And it's a four and a half hour flight to Sydney. And on this flight, luckily I had Wi-Fi on the flight so that we could communicate this whole time because he was constantly like, all right, I might have find a way around it. And they're like, no, sorry, no way around that. And so like, it's up and down and up and down. Yeah. And I'm sitting next to this lovely lady who's just like, hi, how are you? And I'm literally, you know, when you're at a state where you're so emotional and so fragile that it's like, if anyone shows me any kind of, like, any, if anyone talks to me right now, I'm going to break down so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband is messaging me because I'm just like, honey, I'm going to panic. I'm going to panic. And he's like, the last thing you want to do, Anna Haldane, is panic on an airplane. He's like, Truth. you do not want to go viral. <laughs> you don't want to be one of those videos. <laughs> you know, I, you don't want to be the girl who's like, that MF that back there is not real. You know, yes. one of them. So I'm sitting there just trying to be calm and collected and just hide from everyone that I'm literally crying my eyes out. Um, and then... By the time, so this is four and a half hours of constant panic. Oh my gosh. And as I am literally landing in Sydney, he sends me a message. I hadn't heard from him for about half an hour because during this time too, the boy, our boys had woken up. So they needed breakfast. They needed to go to school. <laughs> so Gareth had to go and drop them off at school, filthy, because he'd been in the roof space. And... Uh, he also needed to, he realized that when he had all the documents that our scanner didn't work. So he had to download and purchase a new software for the scanner and a new Windows program. And it was just like everything that could possibly happen, <laughs> happened at this point in time. Oh my God. And um, by, I hadn't heard from him in about half an hour. And by the time that I land in Sydney, he sends me a screenshot of like the computer and just like granted and I am literally sitting there with my phone and I'm like, oh, literally like that. And the girl next to me, she's like, oh, dear. And I'm like, hi. Oh, my. How are you? What are you going to do in Sydney? And just start rambling to her. And like, I haven't spoken a word to her this entire flight. And I was just, I was just like, oh, my gosh, what happened? And so I get out of the flight. I try to sort of squeeze my way through because I want to be able to get to be the first one out. I'm, a I'm able to call my husband and he's like, yeah, I did it. I don't know how I did this, but I did. And I'm just like, oh my God, like how? And he's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. I just need to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I'm having the biggest adrenaline rush ever. And then I find a bar, as you do. <laughs> and first thing in the morning, because I mean, what time is it then? Because Sydney is three hours ahead of us too. So I think it was around maybe 11 o'clock. And I'm like, I don't I don't care. It's one of my friends told me, she's like, at airports, there's no time zone. It doesn't Amen. matter if it's 6 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, mm. you have a freaking drink. So I sit down at a bar and literally the guy at the bar looks at me. He's like, you look like you need a drink. I'm like, Thanks. okay thanks yes I do I do I'm like 
I need the biggest glass of wine that you have and the oakiest Chardonnay. I'm like, I don't care what it is. I just need it. He charged me $45 for it. <laughs> I'm like, I, I didn't even care. I just gave him the card. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Money and well spent. And then I decided, yeah, money very well spent. And, you know, I hadn't eaten. I hadn't. So I'm starting to get a little bit tipsy at this point. And um, I decided to, I'm like, I'm going to share this story um, with my followers. So I decided to do a, uh, in my stories, a 10, 10 slide uh, story about what happened. And uh, just go through it and didn't even pay attention to how many people were watching or looking at it. And then I closed my phone. I boarded the plane to Dallas. Didn't have any reception over that flight. And that was 14 and a half hours. Oof. And then the panic and the adventure continued in Dallas. Because at Perth Airport, they had told me that my bag would go straight to Austin. And I specifically asked her, I said, well, since my like point of entry is in Dallas, will the, will that just go through that on its own? And she's like, yes, not a problem. No worries. Australians, they're like, no worries. It'll go all the way. I'm like, sweet. And then they tell me on the flight that um, for anyone who has a domestic connection, you will need to collect your luggage and then drop it off at the drop-off point. And I'm like, excuse me. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I've never been to the States. I'm super scared. And um, I'm like, do I have to do that? She's like, yes, definitely. And I said, okay, how long does that normally take? And she's like, oh, I'm not really sure, but how much time do you have in Dallas? And I'm like, oh, an hour 20. And she's like, ooh, that's a bit tight. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> That's exactly what you want to hear. <laughs> so, so then I have another panic attack. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, you, you're obviously in the States. But have you been to Dallas Airport? Yes, I have. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a city. <laughs> and I, I thought that I was... Like, I'm on the phone to my husband, and I'm like, how big is this airport? And he just does a quick Google search. He's like, well, the area is actually bigger than Manhattan. I'm like, fantastic. <laughs> so I go through border, uh, border security and all of that, and I literally have 20 minutes until they're going to close the gates for my flight to Austin. And I'm standing there and just looking at the flickering boards. I'm like, there's my flight, and then it's gone. And I'm like, what, well, I'm like, what is this? And I'm just panicking and I have no idea where I am. And then two lovely pilots walking up and I'm like, excuse me, can you help me? And they find my flight and my gate and they're like, but sweetheart, you're at the international airport. You need to be at the domestic. You're on D. You need to be at A. So I suggest that you run up those stairs and grab the train and pray to God that you will be there on time. I'm like. Wow. So I arrive at that gate five minutes before it's meant to take off. And she's like, oh, there you are. I was just about to call your name on the speakerphone. I'm like, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, and But I make it to Austin and um, just a whirlwind. And then when I arrive at the hotel, when I finally can look at my phone, I realize that those stories that I had put up had taken off. 
And I had probably 150 messages on my phone from people like, holy Christ, what's going on? Are you here? Like, what, what is going on? What did you do? Are you insane? I'm like, well, yes, apparently so. Why now? Yes. <laughs> Why now? Certified on paper. Um, and yeah, so then uh, that story took off at the show too to the point that uh it was brought up on stage by mary and <laughs> yeah called me called me out like over to the stage and i had to stand there like hi everyone yeah yes. that's me still in a panic still in a panic <laughs> yes still in panic mode everyone i <laughs> do not know what i'm doing or who i am but yeah i am here very good so yeah that was my story and it became the I risked it all for BTC story, <laughs> pretty much. I don't know if anyone will ever triumph over that story for getting to BTC. Mm. I mean, that is insane. I can only imagine all the different steps along the way, like the mom guilt sets in, the wife guilt sets oh, in, yeah. the business owner guilt, the mm. like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Oh, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, the mom guilt was, was, I think, in all honesty, and I know that so many people are like, oh my gosh, we shouldn't talk about mom guilt here and there. It's so not fair. Um, It's a real thing. And I had that mom guilt from just going from the very beginning. My youngest one apparently didn't care that I was going, which was lovely. Um, (laughs) You know, when we dropped the bomb on them that I was going, uh, I think it was no more than a week before because I wanted to leave it as close as possible. And it was over dinner and, and Gareth was like, so boys, what would you think if mommy went to the States? Because it was going to be nine days altogether. And uh, my oldest one, who is, you know, very attached to me. I mean, they both are. He's like, oh, no, no, what do you mean? Mommy can't go. And the little one was like, so what? Who cares? I'm like, you could show a little bit of sadness, like <laughs> just a smidge, if you know. But no, he didn't care the whole time. But the the feeling of leaving them and just this like, like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Who do I think I am doing this? Like, I'm spending, we're spending all of this money for me to go. And for what? Like, you know, this money we could spend on the most lavish trip to Bali for the whole family. But my husband was, if he, in all honesty, I, he also became a bit of a celebrity at BTC, which he hates because he's such, he is like the guy in the background. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. on no social media. He never shows his face. But in all honesty, if it hadn't been for him the entire time, he was the driving force in this. He was the one who said that you have to go. You have to finally be there and make the connections and show your face and Like, this is it. You have to take that first step and set that cornerstone for the next chapter of your life. And he was absolutely right in all of that. It was the best trip that I've ever had. And it was so important in so many ways. But yeah, that mum guilt. And Mm. at the airport, when I realized, I'm like, I just literally risked potentially not being able to see my boys for three months. Like, how is that going to go down with them later on in life? It's like, mom abandoned us for a hair show. <laughs> that's you lots know? of therapy later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be expensive therapy. But then I could also go back and like, your dad told me to go. It's dad's fault. Don't right. blame me. That was your like ace in but the yeah. hole in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
it was him mm-hmm. all along. I had nothing to do with this. Forced me. So forced me to go. He forced me to go. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so well, yeah, so that became the story. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was a little late to the game. I ended up um, catching up with your stories. I want to say like 12 hours later or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, what the heck is going on? Whoa, 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 you know? And I could yeah. just see the distress in your eyes when you were like, I yeah. might not see my family. Like, what, what am I doing? I was like, oh, yes, I mm-hmm. feel that. Like that just... Even if everything went smooth sailing, we would still have yeah. the same guilt leaving, thinking, yeah. should I be going? Should I be doing mm. this? You know? Absolutely. 100%. And that was, yeah, like I, it was such, the entire trip was such a whirlwind of emotions that it was such a roller coaster because I, in all honesty, I, it, it was almost like I was so, I got so emotionally distressed from that entire episode that it it affected me on a deeper level and on a deeper level that I actually didn't realize that it could happen because I started getting like smaller panic attacks during the time that I was in the States too because I was severely jet lagged um, and honestly trying to keep up with everything that's going on. I mean... <laughs> I'm 41. Like, I don't, I can't party like this anymore. Like, I just, I just looked at these people. I'm like, how did you do that? I know that you stayed out until like two and then you're up at seven o'clock in the Mm-mm. morning, all refreshed. Like, what? What is this life? I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so it was just such, um, such a whirlwind and trying to keep up with talking to the boys and talking to my husband. And, you know, it's a 13 hour time difference. Um, so, you know, they were ahead, uh, they were one day ahead and just trying to still, you know, there were still things that I had to do as a mom, like, you know, I'm getting a phone call from my husband, uh, just before the top 25 party was going to happen. And he's like, so when is Edwin's soccer game? And I'm like, of course. (laughs) He's like, we're here, but there's no one here. And I'm like, yeah, because you're one hour early. I'm kind of busy, so good luck with that. And he's like, oh, I suppose we're just going to wait in the car then. I'm like, yeah, you do that. <laughs> I'm going to try and go and be glamorous somewhere else. Like, I, yeah. I'm going to go and have some champagne. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah. So it here's was a, a question. Ride. Here's a question for you. Would you do it again? Oh, 100%. Woo! I like that. 100%. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was, I I was I mean I have been in a huge like a huge fan of this uh, of these awards and, and BTC and for a long time. Uh, but you know when they talk about that these shows are life changing and that it's um, like you don't you should not ever regret coming or like you should never hesitate coming because it's life changing. I was always skeptical to that and sort of felt like well you know what can I actually gain at the end of the day I thought it's just a massive party weekend Mm -hmm. you know uh with you know the massive awards nights which I'm not going to win anyway you know and and, um but I have to say that at the end of the day I did walk into it or I, I like I did go there with a specific plan and like a specific 
idea that I had that I was going to connect with a specific type, like some specific people and so on, which didn't end up happening in the end because it was so busy. Like the, these people, they were just pulled left, right and center. And I got to see them at certain points, but, um, but the, for me, what the, the main value and what really truly changed everything for me was that it changed, it made me find a part of myself that I had lost. Hmm. Um, and I mean, for the for the past 10 years, I have been um, a wife, a mom. I've been, you know, I've restarted my business pretty much uh, yeah, twice because working for myself, being pregnant, we didn't have family here at that point. So we've been doing everything by ourselves. So restarting the business after every pregnancy. And yeah, basically, I lost the part of me that was this person. And the and this part, this person, I needed in order to be able to take the next step of my career. And I found her again at this mm. show. I found that I belonged, because um, it's really hard sometimes when you sit in Perth, Western Australia, which is literally the end of the world. Like we are so far away from everything. Like even like it, it's not even funny we are here and everything else is there <laughs> and it's so expensive to go anywhere like australia i didn't realize when i first came here australia is a freaking continent it takes <laughs> like it's you know it's not True. just a tiny country where you like okay i'm just gonna pop over to sydney no no it takes four and a half hours to fly to sydney turns out so <laughs> turns out so sometimes it actually feels like when you're sitting over here and you know I'm just like well you know I, I have made lots of uh, friends and connections on Instagram but you can't help to we're going back to imposter syndrome to think that am I just you know is it just are people just they, they they don't know who I am they have no idea they don't the care things. they don't they don't care right. they don't care if I'm not here tomorrow no one is gonna notice um and like I'm just this mom of two i'm 41 and just doing hair and like no one cares and then arriving at this show and realizing that people do care and that people actually think that you belong and show you that you belong and yeah it was absolutely it was life-changing completely life-changing so i i gained a specific confidence at this show and during this week that i didn't have before um and also i realized that apparently i can apparently i'm a bit stronger than what i thought that i was because apparently and apparently i have a husband who is basically mission impossible tom cruise <laughs> so with that in mind, like I can pretty much do anything because he will fix it for me, you know? Right. right. He will do it for me. So yeah, it was life-changing. Absolutely life-changing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, that's a really yeah. powerful story and really powerful insight. Mm -hmm. You know, not everyone has to jump on a plane, potentially abandon their family and travel all the way across the world to have this feeling. Um, no. But 
your story, is, it, it will resonate with so many of us, just taking the leap to do the scary yes. things in our life and in our business Absolutely. and kind of reinvent ourselves in a way that feels authentic and real yeah. and exciting, right? Yeah. yeah. As I said to my husband, I'm like, literally, it was the first time in my life that I'm like, all right, like, uh, like YOLO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the first time that I'd ever said that. And I felt so silly, but I'm like, yeah, no, it's literally, you only live once. Like it, that was the moment when I could say that and proper mean it because I had to, like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, looking back at it, he was completely right. I had to do this. I had to go. And, but with everything said that, like, like I said, from the beginning, that there's always something that goes wrong. There's always something that happens. Yeah something did go wrong but for a good reason I think yeah for a good reason though for a good cause I think that um it I I got to meet a few people that I probably wouldn't have been able to meet if it hadn't been for this story I think that I got a certain amount of attention that I probably wouldn't have had if if it wasn't for this story so at the end of the day it was really painful but uh yeah it worked out in the in the end Yes, yes, I think so. And I I can't wait to see where you take this energy that this newfound sense of like who you are and what you do with it. So thank you so much again for sharing that story with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on and allowing me to do so because I because I hope that people realize that you can actually you can if you really want to like you and sometimes it's worth taking the risk. Sometimes you just have to because it will pay you off. It will, it will just pay itself off, you know? Yeah. I feel like when it's we find, while. yes, yeah, exactly. When we find what we think is our boundaries and we push past mm. them is where we really find where we're strong. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to push, push through that fear. Mm. Otherwise you can't grow. There's no, there's no growth in just being, just taking two steps back, one step forward, two steps back. No, you have to walk straight through into that fire. <laughs> straight through the Apparently. airport terminal. <laughs> yeah, straight, straight through the airport terminal, straight into the unknown. Yeah, like yeah, I'm gonna be alone for months. Oh my gosh, I can. I just can't yeah. even imagine what was going through your mind in that moment, Mama. I just feel like I would, I would be panicking as well. And so I'm so proud of you for doing it. Yeah. No, and I was at a moment when I was sitting and and like, okay. So the reality is now that I'm going to have to live in Texas or if I don't live in Texas, like, what am I, where am I going to go? And then I'm like, I'm going to have to ask BTC if I can carry on with them. And maybe I'm going to have to hitchhike with them on the road. I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to do. What am I going to do? Where am I going to stay? <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah. All valid points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing that story with us today. Um, If any of my listeners would love to get a little more of you, where can they find you on social media or what, where are you at on the internet? So I am basically mostly on Instagram and my handle is at Anna Haldane hair. I do try TikTok, but I can't really understand it. Me too. I just, I'm like, I, I am a proud owner of a following account of 37 <laughs> on TikTok. So, yeah, so that's my TikTok journey. But yeah, so Instagram at Anna Haldane Hair, 
And yeah. Wonderful. My DMs well, are open. <laughs> love it. Yes. I mean, that's how we yeah. connected, right? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Which is awesome. Yes, indeed. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And for anyone that wants to reach out to you, slide into those DMs. Yes, please do. Okay. Thank you. We'll be in touch. Thank you for having me. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So what hard things have you done lately? Have you done anything as crazy as that? I mean, I haven't. Let's be real. Um, Isn't her story wild? I just, I love hearing stories of like triumph and people prospering because they put themselves out there. And um, I can't wait to see what she does in the future with that drive that she's got. Mm gonna be good. Um, Anyway, my friend, thank you so much for joining me for another episode on the Your Hair Mentor podcast. I hope this was inspiring, uplifting, made your day, made your evening, whatever it was for you. I hope it was that thing. Okay. And as I always like to say, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic hair day and I'll see you next time. Okay. Bye. Hey friend. Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind-the-chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.